What's up, everybody? It's Friday, and I'm looking forward to the weekend. I'm sure many of you are as well. You know, I've been wrestling with a podcast series that I feel like God has put on my heart, you know, and has for a while now, but I've held off because it is quite the undertaking. Every time I try to pray for a word or a message uh, for for what the next podcast should be on or the next series I should do, I keep coming back to this this one topic, this one series, and you know that God keeps putting on my heart. And you might ask, what is this series? Well, it's the book of Revelation. Now, you might say, whoa, that is a tough book to understand and explain. But I have to try because I feel I feel it is what God is pressing on my heart. You know, this is not my show. It is his. So I will follow and trust him to guide my words so that everyone listening can be blessed by it. You know, one day I was talking to my daughter when it struck me how little she knew about the end times and the hope of what is to come. You know, from the rapture to the tribulation period to the second coming to the thousand year reign, the day of judgment and the new heaven, new earth, you know, all of it. Unfortunately, the book of Revelation is often avoided and is seen as the book of doom and gloom. You know, it scares people. It is avoided because it is difficult to understand or apply to to your life a lot of times. So it can seem a bit overwhelming and frightful to most. You know, I want to share my take on it. One of hope, promises kept, justice, patient love, second, third, and fourth chances. You know, I read Revelation with joy and excitement because I see the love of God and the promises, you know, of something better in it. I believe, you know, that as a believer, you should read this book and be filled with hope, joy, and excitement. There is no need to fear what is to come unless you are not a believer. You know, so many places, uh, churches, you know, they don't teach on Revelation. They may quote a verse here and there, but they don't actually really dig in and teach it. A lot of places don't. Some still do. But a lot of people avoid it. And it's it's a tough uh, subject sometimes. But I believe that it's important. And as a believer, we should dig into it and know uh, about the promises and know about the things that are in it. You know, so after talking with my daughter, I really felt God tugging my heart to go through the book of Revelation, not to have a deep theological study, you know, verse by verse and go down these long rabbit holes, but to have a general understanding of what it is, you know, of what is to come and the promises that await us. My hope is that together we will grow stronger in our faith and find hope for the days ahead. As we go through this awesome prophetic book, I want everyone to approach it from the viewpoint of hope, love, mercy, and faithfulness. But what about, you know, you might say, what about all of the seals and bowls and trumpets and etc. that unleash devastation on the earth and its people? You know, think of it like this. When your child doesn't listen and you give them repeated warnings and numerous opportunities to correct their behavior, eventually, if not sooner rather than later, you will crack down on them with some form of punishment meant to get their attention and cause them to change their direction. God must be true to his word regardless of how many chances he gives and will give to mankind. In the end, he must be faithful to his word or he wouldn't be a God worth serving. 
As we go through this book, you will see the many opportunities that God gives man to turn their hearts toward him and put their faith in Jesus. It is quite staggering, to be honest. So let's jump into the, to this first chapter, which shows, uh, which shows us the immediate audience, the messenger or writer, and the star, main character. Okay, so we know that John is the author. Due to very strong evidence, most conclude that it was John the Apostle, the same John that is described as the one Jesus loved, one of the disciples that was very, very close to Jesus. He witnessed Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Many times Jesus would only take three of his disciples you know, to do something or to go further with them, and John was one of them. And so John had extensive knowledge regarding, you know, Jesus and his ministry and, and, you know, his teaching. And all of the apostles, by the way, were martyred and died some painful deaths, except John. They tried to kill him, you know, in a basin full of boiling oil, but he wouldn't die. God protected him. So since they couldn't kill him, they exiled him to the island of Patmos, which is where he wrote the book of Revelation. So God would not allow him to be killed because he still had work for him to do. Now, Revelation 1, 1 through 3 says, The revelation that from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place, he made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw, that is, that is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take heart what is written in it, because the time is near. Okay, so we're not going to go verse by verse all the way through the book, but there will be some times where we will dig into you know some individual verses, but for the most part, uh, in the general sense, we're not going to go verse by verse, but you know, I wanted to share this intro so that you could see right out of the gate that John wants everyone reading the book, this book, uh, to know exactly how he obtained this knowledge, and that everyone who reads it aloud, meaning they share it so others can hear it, along with those who hear it, are blessed. The reader or sharer and the listener are blessed just by reading and sharing and hearing the words in this prophecy. You know, side note, that is my goal with this series. Then, you know, but, you know, moving on, then he wants everyone to know ahead of time to take heart in what is written. You know, be brave and courageous. Find hope in God's word. The immediate audience is the seven churches in the province of Asia, which we'll get to those uh, later. You know, but it's, you know, in the province of Asia or Asia Minor, basically present-day Turkey, you know, of course, there were more than seven churches out there since we know that the number seven denotes 100% or completion or perfection. We can understand that the seven churches represent all the churches from then all the way to the present. You know, Jesus has specific messages for these seven churches, but the lessons learned in them apply to all of us and all the churches in the body of Christ throughout history. Also, these seven churches were located along popular trade routes, making it easier to spread the message of the prophecy to all the other churches. 
So these churches were really like representatives, okay, of the entire body of churches. So John sends them blessings from, you know, the Trinity, basically. This is where you see a glimpse of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In verses 4 through 5, you see God the Father described as the one who is, who was, and who is to come, showing the eternal nature of God, of the God we serve. He always was and always will be the Alpha and the Omega. You know, then he mentions the seven spirits before the throne, before the throne of God, or better described as the sevenfold spirit of God, meaning there is only one Holy Spirit, but he manifests himself in seven ways. These are the seven characteristics uh, that make up the fullness of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of Wisdom, the Spirit of Understanding, the Spirit of Counsel, the Spirit of Power, the Spirit of Knowledge, the Spirit of the Fear of the Lord. You know, Isaiah 11.2 references the Holy Spirit using uh, a sevenfold description as well. You know, ultimately the prophecy is that the Messiah would be empowered not by the seven individual, not by seven individual spirits, but by the one spirit described in seven ways. You know, then John mentions Jesus describing him as the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Jesus came and bore witness to the world about who God was and is. He was the first to die and be resurrected and to never die again, proving his power over death. And finally, that he is the coming king that will reign and rule over the earth, speaking of the second coming and his sovereignty as king of kings. John goes on to clarify that you know, clarify that we were set free from our sin and established to be a kingdom of priests, echoing the Great Commission from the Gospels, basically. Our current position is to be a kingdom of priests, to bear witness to the lost about the saving grace and redeeming power of the blood of Jesus. Then he describes how Jesus will come on the clouds, echoing Daniel 7.13. Jesus ascended into the clouds from the Mount of Olives, and he will return on the clouds and set his feet right back in the same place on that Mount of Olives that he left from. John clarifies that this is the second coming and not the rapture by stating that everyone will see, will see him, even those who pierced him. The rapture will be only, only seen by believers, but the second coming will be for the world to see. It will be public. And the nations of the world will mourn because they will know they've messed up and judgment is coming. You know, and once again, God reminds them that he is the Alpha and Omega, the Almighty, and he will keep his word. Okay, now let's stop there for today, you know, this Friday. So we will pick up full steam ahead with the next episode on Monday. But here's what I take away from what we have covered just today you know so far god is a god of completion he will finish what he started in you and he will finish the work of his kingdom he is faithful and just he is a keeper of his word and we can find hope and assurance in that until he returns we are to be a kingdom of priests set free from sin to be witnesses to the world of the redeeming love of jesus God, I pray that everyone, including myself, will be blessed with this series on Revelation. 
I'm so excited and nervous about going through this book, but I trust in you and know that you will guide me and all of us will be blessed for it. Thank you for your word and the power of its truth. Let your name be praised and let your people rejoice that you are the faithful promise keeper and all those who have placed their hope in you and the work of the cross have nothing to fear but should rejoice in the hope of what is to come. You are the great I am. You are our God and we are your people. Thank you for your mercy and grace. Help us to be the, that kingdom of priests, that city on a hill. The world is running out of time and it is our job to declare the truth of Jesus. Pour out your spirit on your people. Let it overtake us. Let it fill us. And let it set us ablaze. Help us to be sensitive to your spirit and not miss any opportunities to share the good news or minister to those in need. We are your hands and feet, Lord. Use us to bring glory and honor to your name. Amen.